Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Pursuing Jesus Podcast. My name is Shane Winnings, and today we're going to be talking about how you can know if you're following God. You know, maybe uh, you're in a career move, or maybe you're in high school, and you're, uh, you're coming up on graduation, you know, this year or next year, and you're wondering, God, what, what do you have for me? How do I know that I'm actually hearing God's voice? Or maybe you feel like you've heard God speak, but you're unsure, you know, you have people in your life that are just asking questions because they're curious or they care, and that could be causing you to kind of go back and forth on like, well, I think God said this, but someone asked me this, and now I'm not sure. Wherever you are at, whatever spot you're in, I believe that this episode will encourage you. And so I want to ask you, listen to the end. Not only am I going to equip you to have confidence that you can, in fact, hear God and follow his voice, I'm going to equip you to know that you can't fail if you go in faith, but I'm also going to pray. I'm going to pray over everyone listening, and all I'm going to do is invite you to come into agreement with me. I'm not going to impart some crazy supernatural thing. I don't even know how that works, to be honest. I'm pretty... um, elementary in some of these spiritual principles, but I do know what the Bible says about agreement. And so I'm going to ask you at the end of this to come into agreement with me, one, that you will commit to listening for God's voice in everything you do, and two, you are going to believe that you will hear God speak in a clearer way, and I'm going to come into agreement with you on that. Amen? So guys, thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by our sponsors, Promise Keepers and Aligned Mortgage. I'm happy to be partners with both. At Promise Keepers, we're building up godly men for a better tomorrow. Lord knows that we need that on the earth. And so check out the PK app in the App Store. There's devotionals, Bible plans, a lot of them uh, that I've had a role in. I've recorded some. I've written some. Be happy for you to check that out. As well as get updated on in-person events that we're doing. We've got some coming down the pipe for 2024. I'm very excited. And Aligned Mortgage as well, I can't thank them enough for helping us get into our new home in Florida, which we'll be moving here soon after my son is born. They were amazing to work with. They help veterans use their VA loan. So if you need help, if you need someone to hear your story, maybe you're you're getting pushback from banks or, you know, uh, big credit unions or whatever, check out Aligned Mortgage. They are amazing. They are, it's like working with a family. Um, So go to alignedmortgage.com, ask for Ronnie, tell him I sent you. And finally, guys, listen, if this episode speaks to you, please don't keep it to yourself. One, there's so many people in this position, but two, um, help them the way that you have been helped, if this helps you, by hitting that copy link button, you know, message it to a couple friends, maybe some family members, post it on your Instagram or or wherever you do social media, that's going to help us reach more people with this truth. So I'm going to open with the Bible verse, Proverbs 3. In general, you know, I'm going through the Proverbs again right now. It is so refreshing. I mean, there's so much wisdom in there. And as a, as a, a son myself, I mean, I'm a father, but I'm also a son. I need spiritual fathering from people on earth and from God, the father. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You want a father in your life. When I read the Proverbs, it is like God the Father is sitting me down in a rocking chair and he's sharing wisdom with me. That's what I picture when I'm reading Proverbs. And so I want to encourage you to get into Proverbs, get that book in your heart and in your mind, because it will make you wise. Um, Reading wise things will make you wise if you don't just hear but do. 
Remember, Jesus said, he who hears my words and does them is like a wise person. We can't just hear wisdom, but we have to apply it in our lives. And so I want to encourage you to get into Proverbs. Let it become something that you practice. Listen to this truth here in Proverbs 3. We're in verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, I want you to say all, all your ways, acknowledge him. Not just the ways that you think you need God. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. Why? Here's why. And he shall direct your paths. I feel like some of you could even just like breathe out after that last line because you have been so just um, maybe tense is a good word. Maybe it's not even on purpose, but you just feel the tension of like, oh, what am I supposed to do? Rest in this promise that if you acknowledge God in all of your ways, he will direct your paths. That means that you give your plans over to the Lord and you say, God, this is what I've got. Maybe this is what I want or this is what I'm considering. Please help me. And the Bible says he shall. Shall means will, like you will do this. I remember when I was a cop, um, there were certain instances with domestic violence where the, the written law was you shall arrest if this, this, and this happen. You shall make an arrest. It is not up for your uh, discretion. You know, if someone's speeding, I can have discretion. If certain crimes, I can have discretion. But there are crimes that you shall arrest. I don't have a choice. So I love this wording here. God shall will absolutely direct your paths. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God will direct your paths? Because if you do, you can rest. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, you don't have a, a part to play. It doesn't mean that there's not planning, there's not work to be done. You know, I had a goal uh, when I was in high school, I wanted to get a scholarship to college through the military, and so I had to position myself uh, to receive a scholarship, which means I had to work hard in school, and I didn't just take, like, you know, lame classes, like 50 uh, exercise and PE classes. I took all the hard classes, the ACE, the IB, you know, uh, if they didn't have ACE or IB, I took honors. Like, I tried to maximize my output so that colleges would see and recruiters would see that I'm not just working hard in the basic stuff. I'm trying to be as advanced as I possibly can. So I can trust the Lord to direct my paths, but I still have to take those steps down those paths. Are you with me? This, this isn't like a, a case of senioritis where you can just say, Hey, I don't have to do anything. God's going to take care of it. God's got me. I can just slack. I can just, whatever I can just float. That is not doing all things unto the Lord. Because as Christians, that's what we're called to do as well. We're called to live lives of excellence. We're called to work as if God is the one who we are presenting our work to. So, you know, I'm thinking of school right now because this is a big uh, year for seniors. You know, it's your last year and then something's going to happen after this. Look at God as your teacher. Are you going to slack on your work? Are you going to turn in some half-butt assignment? Or are you going to miss your assignment? Are you going to lie about it? Are you going to cheat on it? No. You're going to do your best as if your teacher is the Lord 
the one you're presenting your work to. Does that make sense? Everything you do, this is how you can work hard at a job that you hate. I've been in positions where I was doing a job that I did not want, but the Lord reminded me, hey, you're not working unto your boss. You're working unto me. And my heart position changed. I was able to actually put my guts into a position I did not want. Everyone felt honored. I felt satisfied that I had put a good product forward. And listen, if the Lord can trust you in a place that you don't want to be in because you're faithful, then how much more can he trust you in a place that you do want to be in? You know what I'm saying? Like, we have to be people that work hard. So the reason I say that is because just God's promises, uh, they, they are forever and they are uh, un- irrevocable. But that doesn't mean that you can just throw your hands up and you have no part to play. Like if you sit on your couch for a year, there's no path for God to direct you on. You have to be walking. You have to be taking a leap of faith. And so that's going to get me into how you can know that you're hearing God's voice. Sometimes you won't know that it's God until you're already walking. Like people are dying for Gideon-like moments. And I'm so thankful for the story of Gideon in the Bible. You know, if you're not familiar, you should go look it up. But he basically, he didn't test God, but he just wanted to confirm that he was hearing from God. And so he laid out a couple of fleeces. You know, long story short, he said, okay, God, I want to know that you're with me. I'm going to put this fleece out on the ground. And if the dew falls on the grass, but it doesn't touch the fleece, I'll know that it's you. And it happened. And then he still needed more confirmation, even though that's insane. And he said, okay, let's reverse it. If only the dew falls on the fleece and not on the ground, then I'll know it's from you. And it happens again. It's okay to want confirmation from God. And there are times for that. But can I share something with you? If you always need a confirmation from God before you take a leap of faith, I would argue that the majority of the time, you're probably not going to be taking very many leaps of faith. I haven't had many times where God sovereignly, you know, did some wild thing to show me this is what he wants for me. When he called me into ministry, I left a six-figure job. I was making over 100000 a year, benefits, seniority, retirement. I mean, it was amazing. When God called me out of that, I had a, a like a vision. I began to weep. I felt like this is the Lord. My wife and I prayed together. We both had peace. We had peace about leaving a six-figure job to be unpaid missionaries. Listen to the, that. That's crazy. What, you're not going to have an income? Yeah, exactly. I feel like God called me here. Normally, that would freak most people out. We had a supernatural peace. So we said, this must be God. We're going to go forward as if it is. And the worst thing that could happen is we end up broke and homeless. But we believe we heard God. So while we may be broken homeless, we went in faith. And if I die, I could stand before God and say, Lord, I know it didn't work out the way I thought it did. Maybe it was you speaking, maybe it wasn't, but I thought I was hearing your voice. Now, God is not up there going, hey, way to go, idiot. You didn't hear me. That wasn't my voice. You really screwed your life up this time. No, he's a good father. Like what father would be upset at their kid who thought they heard their voice and took a leap of faith, denied themselves, denied the comfortable thing, and took a risk in the name of Jesus. That is 
that's the name of the game. It's walking out this walk of faith. This, this, it's taking leaps of faith. Is this making sense? But if I had sat and looked for confirmation after confirmation after confirmation, I would still be a cop right now. And I would be in disobedience because the Lord has called me here. Now, did we get confirmation? I believe that we did in multiple ways. But those did not come until after I had already quit my job and put my house on the market and my wife and I had moved across the country. There were confirmations that did not happen for like six months or a year later. There's confirmations that are still happening. I got them after I took the leap of faith. Is this speaking to anyone? You might be sitting and you're waiting. You're saying, well, I need a confirmation. This is what I heard. If you think that you heard God and it's not a flesh-driven decision, you know, like, or it couldn't be uh, potentially interpreted as a flesh-driven decision, here's what I mean. You know, if I wake up tomorrow and I go, you know what? I want to be an actor. I think that God could use me as an actor, and so we're going to quit all this. I'm going to quit preaching. I think this could be God. We're going to move to uh, Hollywood, and I'm going to try acting. Okay, that that is like way out of line from what I'm already doing. It doesn't line up with any part of my life, and there is room for that decision to be considered, you know, a fleshly one for, for whatever reason. Like, I just want to be an actor. I just want to be famous. I just want... Now, when I was a cop... And I said, hey, I want to quit my job making 100000 a year. I want to sell my stuff, and I want to become a missionary traveling America and preaching the gospel. That is less likely to be considered a fleshly decision. In fact, it goes in the face of many fleshly decisions, which would say, get financial stability. Make sure that you're comfortable. Make sure that you've got... Is this making sense? Like, there are decisions that... When they come up, you just go, oh man, that's crazy, but like that could totally be the Lord. And then there's other decisions that come up where you're like, I don't know about this one. This just feels kind of, this feels kind of goofy. It feels like you haven't really thought this out. Here's another uh, great thing, you know, if you're wondering, am I following God? Have wise counsel in your life. Have peers, have spiritual parents, have mentors, have pastors in your life. Now, their word is not law. And I say this to say, you are accountable to God for your decisions. I have mentors in my life. I have uh, spiritual fathers in my life. I have people that I go to. I have friends that hear the Lord. And whenever we're making a big decision, I ask them to pray or I ask for their input. But at the end of the day, I am solely responsible for my life and how I stewarded it before the Lord. Because when I stand before the Lord, I'm not going to get to say, well, my spiritual father told me to do this. Well, my best friend who hears the Lord really, well, who hears you really well, he told me to do this. That's not what's going to happen. I will take accountability for my own life. Are you hearing me? I love mentors. I love all that stuff. They cannot be law in your life. You are responsible for the voice of God in your life and taking leaps of faith. I also say this because there have been things that my wife and I have done that uh, people close to us 
had told us, hey, we were, we were going to advise against this. We felt like this wasn't the Lord. But when we went to tell you, God told us to be quiet. Like we were so sure, you know, you're not hearing God and, and, and we think that you're missing it this time. And they went to tell us that, like call us or text us or whatever. And they said, the Holy Spirit told me to be quiet and not text you that. And then things ended up working out great for us. That is amazing to us. One, we have friends that care about us. We have people in our life who want us to, uh, you know, be successful and do well. But they also hear the Lord because they heard the Lord tell them, don't do that. Why am I telling you this? Because there have been times in our life where we were going against what the voice of our friends would have said. But we felt like it was God. And so if my friends had called me and said, hey, man. I don't think that you're hearing the Lord. We just feel like this isn't God. I would I would take that. I would pray about it. I would say, Lord, I'm so confused. My friends are saying this. I trust them, but you're saying this, I think. Please give me clarity. And guess what? If I decide to go with my friends, it can't be because they're my friends. It has to be because I feel like that's what God told me to do. If I go against the voice of my mentors or my friends, it has to be because God told me to do it. And this is how I'd approach it. I would say, hey, listen, I love you so much. I've, I have seriously prayed about what you have said, and I feel like God is still telling me to do this thing. And so, you know, don't take this as like, I don't trust you or I don't whatever. I just feel like I have a conviction and I'm at the point where if I don't obey God, I feel like I'll be disobedient. And so I, I need to do this. So please just pray for me to continue to hear God because things could change. I could get started on it and God could tell me differently or I could get started on it. Who knows? The point I'm making is this. Get all of the input that you can from people that you trust. You, you don't want a hundred people speaking into your life because you might hear a hundred different things. You should have a couple of people that you really trust. I'm telling you, with big decisions, my wife and I, we don't go to 50 people. We don't post it on Instagram and do a poll of like, what should we do with our lives? That's not wise. We go to people that we have history with, that we trust, hear the Lord, that we trust are not just looking out for our uh, fleshly protection, but that care more about our souls and care more about us following the Lord and obedience. And we go to them and we say, hey, this is what we're processing. And we're just getting it from a couple of people. Because what happens if I go to 50 people and 25 say don't do it and 25 say do it? What happens if I go to 50 people and I really feel like I'm supposed to do this from the Lord? I feel conviction about it. My heart is pure. All of the motives are pure. Like there's nothing weird. But all of these people, maybe they don't know what I'm going through. Maybe they don't know the situation I'm in. Maybe they're not hearing the Lord like I am. And what if they all tell me not to do it? You can confuse yourself really quickly. And so it's so important when you want to walk with the Lord to make sure you can have a hundred friends. I think that's amazing. But when it comes to big decisions, make sure that you are going to just a couple of people that you really trust. Your pastor should be people that you can trust. You should have some spiritual parents in your life if you could. I'm sure that you have some friends that are on fire for Jesus. You could ask one or two of them just say, hey, will you just pray with me? You know, and maybe you're not looking for a sensual thing. I'm not looking for a light to come down. I'm not looking for someone to hand me a random note and say, hey, I feel like you're supposed to do this. 
I'm not I'm not waiting for some random text from, you know, 777 to show up and say, this is God and this is what I want you to do. Maybe your confirmation just feels like you have total peace about it. Maybe your confirmation is that all of a sudden you feel really anxious about it and you feel like you're not supposed to do it. Like you did have peace before, but now you're getting cold feet. My wife and I experienced this when we were going to buy the house that we're in right now. We're renting it currently. We're in Texas. And it just made so much sense for us to just buy this home so that we could own a home because, you know, you want to own a house. You can pay it off, then it's yours. And having property is so important. And so we had a great deal. We talked to our landlord like he was so amazing. Everything was set. He gave us the contracts and I started to get anxious. And I'm like not generally an anxious person. And I was like, babe, I'm, I'm kind of feeling like we're not supposed to do this. I'm getting cold feet about this. It's so weird. Like this was going to be great. And all of a sudden now I just feel like we shouldn't do it. And within a couple of weeks, God had orchestrated this crazy connection where we were able to purchase a house back home where I grew up. And God showed us many reasons why he wants us back there with uh, that community, with our family as a part of that church over there. And we knew, man, that was God speaking to me. That was God speaking to my wife. She was feeling the same thing. So maybe your confirmation isn't that you feel peace. Maybe your confirmation is all of a sudden you feel like you shouldn't. I hope this is helping someone. Look, this is a very gray area. It's not black and white. And I'm trying to just equip you with different things that I've experienced, different uh, bits of wisdom. Um, And let me tell you, when it came to our family move, we didn't really consult anyone about that. Like, we just knew this is what God wants for us. We told people about it, and people were very excited. But this wasn't one of those decisions where, you know, I, I needed to ask a mentor if he felt like I should move back home or whatever. That, I just knew this is the best move for my family. This is the best move for our ministry. This is the be- for our spiritual health. We want to get poured into in that community. We have friends there. We've got, you know, siblings there. Our parents are there. Like, it just made sense. There are some things that just make sense. Like, they're easy. And you're like, duh, I should do this. But let me, let me get into this next piece. We're going to get uh, close to wrapping this up. I hope this is helping. But here's a motto, that I, a motto that I follow. If I'm following God in faith, I can't lose. I want you to believe this and then apply it to your own life. I told you that when I was leaving the police job, my wife and I had determined if we become broken homeless, at least we went in faith. Now, some people might say, man, that's crazy, that's, or that's not very wise. That's your opinion. I am accountable to God. I will stand before God one day and say, Lord, I thought I heard your voice. I prayed. I felt peace. I went forward in faith, believing it was from you. I, I feel good about that. I want to have confidence when I stand before God that everything I did was in faith. Even Romans 14.23 tells us that anything that is not done in faith is a sin. Do you know what that means? Choosing the comfortable thing is a sin. Maybe you just want to do what everyone else is doing. Well, this just seems easy and you don't want to really pray about it. You haven't really sought the Lord. You haven't really asked him what he wants you to do. You're just doing what everyone else is doing. Now, on the surface, there's not necessarily a problem with that. Maybe God doesn't want you to do that. But here is where it can become a sin. 
you're about to do what everyone else is doing, but then you get like a check in your spirit, in your heart, in your mind. Oh, maybe I'm not supposed to do this. Maybe I should do something else. And the thing that you feel like you're supposed to do is not what everyone else is doing. And it can make you uncomfortable because, well, man, they're all doing this, but I, I kind of feel like I'm supposed to do this. If you give in and say, ah, that just sounds hard. That sounds tough. I don't, I don't want to do all that. I'm just going to go do what they're doing. If you're violating your own conscience, you believe God's calling you here, but you go here because it's easier. That's a sin. You're not going to feel good if you were to give God an account for that decision. You're going to go, oh, God, I knew I should have done this, but this was just easier. It was more comfortable. It was this and that. That is what I'm trying to get you out of. I want you to live a life of radical obedience to God because he might be calling you out to do something totally different than everyone else. Now, could he be calling you to go with your friends and do all school? A hundred percent. A hundred percent he could. There was a period where Jess and I wanted to be close to friends and we wanted to just, you know, man, this would just be so fun and it would be so great, but the Lord did not have us do that. He had us go another way. And I had this longing in my heart. I was just like, oh man, I wish we could just be together. But this is where God has us right now. And you know what? That obedience made me feel so good in my spirit because I'm, I'm listening to my father. I'm letting him direct my paths. Even though I think in the, in the natural, in the flesh, I want this, my spirit knows I would rather have whatever God wants for me. It's going to be better. I don't know better than God. Maybe you need to say that out loud. God, I confess that I don't know better than you. Your ways are higher than my ways. You are smarter than me. You are wiser than me. And guess what? You love me. You're my father, which means you are going to help me do it your way. God, I surrender my will. I surrender my plans. I ask you to make it clear for me what you would have me do. When you begin to pray like that, you're killing your flesh and your own desires. And you're saying, God, I want your desires. I don't want to be confused. I want to follow your voice. I want you to speak to me, and then I will just obey. Is this helping? Like, this is how you win as a Christian. We're closing out here, so don't, don't skip off just yet. The world is rigged in your favor if you're a believer. Why? Because you can't lose. The Christian victory, and I say this all the time, but it is the most important thing I could teach anyone. The Christian victory is faith that endures. Where you say, I don't care what happens. I'm going in faith, and I'm never going to abandon my faith. So I'm going to do this because I think God is telling me to do this. And if it doesn't work out, oh well. I was following God's voice or what I thought was God's voice. And guess what? If it doesn't work out, he'll give me something else. If that fails, I'll do something else. But every move that I make is in faith. I'm not doing the practical thing. I'm not doing the... Is this helping? Is this making sense? Like, guys, this is, you get into this place with your life where everything you do is for him. It's not a catchy saying. I imagine that I'm standing before God and I'm giving an account for every decision that I make. And as long as I feel good about that decision, I'm good. It doesn't matter how it shapes out or what it looks like. I can say, Lord, I think I'm hearing you, so I'm going to run with this, and I trust you 
to navigate me. Let me give you an example as I close here. When I was a cop um, and my ministry started growing on social media, it was, it was growing big time, really fast. And I was preaching uh, multiple times a week online. I had a live church that I preached every Monday night. That's what we called it. We had, you know, a couple thousand people would come through in a service. Like, it was really cool. And it was a regular thing. And then I was beginning to travel around the county and just preach out in public and at parks and fields and in front of stores. And, I mean, I was just wild. But that felt like a full-time job. And uh, this, this police thing was obviously a full-time job. And I said, Lord, I can't keep this up for very long. I feel like I have two full-time jobs and it's, it's pulling me. It's uncomfortable. I love both of them. I love preaching more. I feel like I was made to preach, but I'm a cop right now. And so I'm committed to this job because you gave it to me and I'm going to do it well. And it's providing for the family and all that. And I said, Lord, I don't see any doors open for ministry right now. I have no open doors for full-time ministry. Nothing leading me to be able to quit my job. And so my wife and I sat down and we came up with a plan. We said, we're on this Dave Ramsey plan. We had a 30-year loan on our home, which is a standard loan. We mathematically figured it out how to pay our house off in six and a half years. We had been doing the debt snowball, and Dave Ramsey is amazing. I would seriously look at his teachings. They are kingdom inspired. We had paid a bunch of debt off and I was working overtime and we were throwing a lot of, we were paying like three times the amount of our mortgage. Now this was back in 2020 when uh, the interest rates were low and our mortgage was like 1500 a month. I mean, that is nothing really. And so we were able to pay, you know, like 70% of our paycheck. We were living on a little bit. We were tithing and the rest of it was going at the house. We're like, hey, we're motivated. So this was our plan because we heard nothing from the Lord. I heard nothing from God. I said, God, we're going to pay this house off in six and a half years. We're going to sell it. And the market was way up. We're going to make half a million dollars. We're going to move to Florida where my family is. We're going to buy a house in cash so we have no mortgage. We're going to live near family and we're going to start a ministry. And I'll just be full-time minister from there. It's financially the best decision we could make. This practically makes the most sense. It's, it's not reckless. Like, it is very calculated. And so we sat down and we said, Lord, this is our plan. And we are going to run after this as hard as we can because we're not hearing your voice. But Lord, if you want something different for us, we trust that you will shift our path. Proverbs 3, 6, he will direct the path. We said, God, we don't know what path we're on. We're going to choose a path. We're going to run in faith until you move us. Six months later, he called me out of the police job to be a full-time minister. Now that wrecked our plans of paying our house off and the million, half a million dollars and all that. So what? That's not my goal. That was my goal at the time. God redirected my path. But that didn't happen from me just sitting there and saying, well, I need God to speak. I need a confirmation. I need this. I need a light to shine. I need a mentor to say, are you hearing me? Sometimes the best thing that you can do is just do the next right thing, the next best thing in your life. What makes the most sense? Do it in faith and say, God, I am running after this as hard as I can. And if you want something different from me, I trust that you will shift my path. But you can't steer a parked car. So you got to start going. Amen. That is the point that I am making today. I hope that it equips you. 
to run this race. You can't run a race if you're sitting on the sideline wondering, well, how's this all going to work? Just start running. And God is the one who will sustain you. I want to finish with this. Uh, this life, it's amazing because you don't have to sustain yourself. God sustains you. You just take that step and God will be there to carry you. Because it's not about us and our strength and our ability. It's about him. Everything we do is for him. And we have to remember that he ultimately is the Lord. He's the provider. He's the father. Man, I'm so grateful for the Lord and what he's done. It's so cool to just look back and remember that even as I'm sharing this. It was crazy at the time, but that's what we did. And now we're here and there's more faith moves coming and happening. And we just keep rolling with it because that is life with God. It's just listening for his voice and then obeying when he speaks. Amen. So here's what we're going to do as we close. We're going to pray. I want you to commit right now to say, Lord, when you speak, I will obey immediately. And then I want you to believe that you're going to hear his voice. We're going to pray over both those things. So pray with me. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. God, thank you that your word says your sheep know your voice. We're your sheep. We know your voice because you are always speaking. And so, God, right now we agree, we come together, and we say we will commit ourselves to listening for your voice intentionally about every area of our lives. Lord, we repent for the times that we've just done the comfortable thing or we've kind of closed our ears towards heaven and just kind of got in a groove and in a routine. Lord, we reopen our spiritual ears. We open our spiritual eyes to look at you and say, Father, please direct every area of our life. And God, I come into agreement with every person here who says, God, I want to hear you more clearly. Lord, we believe that even uh, just being activated in our spirit, just being refreshed and filled afresh by your spirit from hearing these words in this podcast today, we believe and we have fresh faith that you are going to speak to us in a more uh, clear way. And Lord, ultimately, we trust that we are not going to miss your voice. You're a good father. You're not going to speak in mysteries. You're not going to speak uh, so softly that we can't hear you. You want your kids to hear you and obey. And so we believe that you will speak to us and we won't miss it. Father, I bless every person watching and listening, and I thank you for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Listen, if you want to support our podcast, support this ministry, I told you everything we do is we're unpaid missionaries. We left the nine to five. We left the American dream to do this full time. If you want to help us out, go to shanewinnings.com slash donate. Sign up to be one of our monthly partners of any amount. We're so grateful for anyone who partners with us monthly. It helps sustain our family and keep the ministry going. God bless you guys, and we'll see you tomorrow.